Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Morning Leftovers. Once again, I'm Zach. He's Mike. We're talking about sports. Yes, we are talking sports, people. And uh, next episode of the week, our hot topic episode every week. Today, we're going to talk a little baseball. I'm going to throw in a quick little NBA tidbit, and then we're going to do the season previews. Can't believe it's this time of the year already. Season previews for the men's Michigan and Michigan State basketball team for this upcoming season. They start play next week. All in. Can't believe college basketball starting up already. It means college football is almost over. It's sort of depressing. But holidays are rolling around. We're going to get in the bowl games and stuff. So it's a good time of the year. Everything's sort of in full swing right now. Yep. So without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. So last night, NBA news, a record was broken. The Golden State Warriors were playing the Chicago Bulls. And someone on the Golden State's roster broke the three-point record within three quarters. Steph Curry, right? I mean, that's what you'd think, right? That's what I would yeah, think. I would too, but it wasn't. Oh, Kevin Durant? No, you might think him too, right? But really? no, it wasn't him either. What? Draymond? No, he can't shoot three. No. Clay Thompson broke the single game three point record with 14 threes in three quarters, which is insane. I didn't know what was going on. I seen an update, like the score of that game at halftime. That's 42 points just for yeah. threes. That's insane. That's crazy. In three quarters, like you hit 14 three. That's, that's insane. So, but you know what? He might roll with this now. Last night he wore a headband and he's like never worn a headband before. It's his thing. He might have to rock the headband now. It's because a good luck charm. Getting ready for that payday. Yeah. Can Big things could it. happen. Yeah. Uh, Golden say this off season. Who knows if he'll be there? But yeah, so uh, the person. You probably would not expect to break the record. Broke it last night, so that's sort of interesting. Little little fun fact to start the episode. And now transitioning a little bit, we're gonna take it back to um, two days ago, Game Five of the World Series, Boston Red Sox versus the LA Dodgers, and. It was in L.A., and the Boston Red Sox officially won the pennant this year with a 4-1 to series win against the Dodgers. Fourth time in 14 years, I think they've won it. So. Red Sox have been a very, very good organization recently. And about... Four or five ex-Tigers won a championship last night, and Berlander won one the year before that, or two nights ago, whatever. So now all these ex-Tiger players are getting a ring, and we should have gotten one with all of them on the same team. Yeah, basically the whole roster has a ring, just not with the Tigers. Yeah. Berlander, so Kinsler, Price, Porcello. J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez, yeah. All got a ring. And they were all on our team. Max Scherzer, too, but he hasn't won a ring yet, but he was also in our lineup. So yeah, we have the most been, like, stacked lineup ever. 
He's been like one of the most dominant pitchers since he left. So I still think we should have kept him over Verlander, but that's a different topic for another day. But that's it's just depressing. Like literally, the Tigers had like the most stacked rotation. How did we not? We got swept in both World Series. You look at that rotation. You look at that batting lineup. How did right. you not? We got swept by San Fran. We might have won one game against St. Louis. I can't remember. How did you not win? I know. It's, oh, my God. And it's not like we didn't have bats either. We had Fielder. We had Cabrera. We had Martinez. Like, what the? Ah. So frustrating, man. But Dombrowski in Boston finally addressed the bullpen, which he refused to do with the Tigers. That was always yeah, our that weakness. was our one weakness. Although with the rotation we had, we never used our bullpen. We always had our starting pitchers come out and pitch like one or two innings. Yeah. And don't even and we didn't Okay, our closers were bad, but honestly, our bullpen was not that bad. We had Smiley, we had Fister, we had that one black guy that wears his hat sideways that played in Seattle after he left us. And I can't remember his name. He no, he yeah, and he turned out to be like the best closer in all of baseball as soon as he left. God, I can't remember his name. Phil Coke was bad. Todd Jones was bad. Uh, you had like we had Zumaya during that time, that little phase. You had Jose Valverde's like perfect closing season. He was like, I don't know, Rodney, Fernando Rodney. That dude, he's still pitching, I think. But it's not like, we, but yeah, no. And then uh, you had like forty-year-old Joe Nathan. But no, but seriously, but Smiley and Fister, like our, like our mid. You know, bullpen area. It wasn't bad. It was like our ninth inning closers that sucked. So, like, our, our honestly, like, our pitching as a whole was by far good enough to win a World Series. I want a fucking World Series, all right? So you know, it, all these people are like, oh, I'm so happy Verlander got his right. And I'm so happy David Price. And I'm so happy J.D. Marty. No, why the hell did these guys not do it here? I know. I don't know. Like, I'm not that happy for them. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool they got it. Right. But, because they did, you know, put in some work here. But, no, I want a ring here in Detroit. Tired of watching players go elsewhere and being like, oh, good job. You used to play for us. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's sickening. It, it makes really me is. sick looking at who we've had on our roster over the years and no ring to show for it. It's ridiculous. So, congrats to Boston, though, for you know, finding a way and just getting it done. Yeah. I mean, that was my pick, you know, right before the playoffs when we had our, you know, who we thought was going to go all the way and win. Boston was my pick. I had them playing the Cubs though, and they didn't even like get into the playoffs, so that was sort of that was bad. But yeah, I got the right pick though. Boston won. Boston did it. Boston had way more talent than the Dodgers. They overwhelmed them. It was 
Boston played very well. Um, Price was the starter in that last game. This postseason, he finally exercised his uh, postseason demons. I know, like, his first nine postseason starts, it was ugly. He was, like, didn't win a single one of them. ERA was high. And last three games he pitched this year, he was fantastic. Good for him. Yeah. He finally played well in the postseason. Yeah. Why didn't you do it in Detroit? I don't know. I don't know. But, so yeah, so Boston gets another pennant, and uh, the MLB season is now over. Tigers are still probably going to be bad next year. Yeah, we'll see what they do in the offseason. Um, let's take a look into, you know, who free agents are coming out and that, what they can do. But I'm expecting another year rebuild. You know, they got to do this right. So They'll take a little time. But they, they've, yeah. you know, the players they trade away that were stars, they've gotten some good farm players for them. Yeah, they they only thing now is this year we're definitely, you know, they, they never got a trade done. Iglesias is gone. He's walking. He's a free agent. Yeah. So we lose our shortstop, who is probably the best player on our whole team. Yeah. Victor Martinez is gone. I wouldn't be surprised if they move Miggy to DH now. They should. Just because, like, he's old and he can just bat. And that's fine. Yeah. Other than that, though, I don't even honestly know who's on the roster. So it'll probably be another long year. But uh, I'm sure you heard Brad Osmus was, uh, yeah, Angels. Yeah. Brad Osmus. Um, So what the Angels are basically telling their fans is like, hey, we're saying we're competing. But really, we're bringing this guy in to just blow it up from the inside out. So, and we still have the best player in all the major league, and he that hasn't won anything. Yeah. Well, look, he had Cabrera here. Now he gets to have Trout. So he's gonna waste good prime years of two of the greatest players ever, arguably, his careers. Yeah. Congratulations, Brad Osmus. Congratulations. So that sort of wraps up the baseball talk. Now we're going to get into the meat of this episode for the remainder of it. We're going to talk about some college basketball, I guess. Um, we'll start with Michigan, because usually we start with Michigan, so we'll just keep to the routine, I guess. Um, You know, last year, as everyone knows, Michigan had a phenomenal year last year. Fantastic. Where they weren't supposed to do nearly as well as they did last year. They did. But they did. And I I give a lot of credit where credit is due. John Beeline, I wouldn't want to have any other coach here. I love him. He's done a fantastic job. Hasn't really gotten the accolades he deserves, the, the praise he deserves for how well he's done with nowhere near the top talent in college right. basketball. Huge respect for the guy. He's made that Michigan program amazing. Not only respectful, but a contender for like the Big Ten and 
even more, you know, every year you gotta, you have to respect that program now. His, yeah, his, just his system just works. He doesn't need the top talent. He, he finds ways to get it done with mediocre slash average talent. Yep. It's, uh, it's almost like, it's kind of like what Izzo does. He doesn't usually get the big one and done players. Um, just brings them in. They stay for a few years and they just grow with the program. So, you know, last year, Michigan, you know, went to the national championship and fell short to a very loaded Villanova team. Although I, I was, I was hoping Michigan could have gotten it done, but they didn't. And we lose arguably our best player in Mo Wagner. He, Declared for the NBA draft. He got drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers, so now he's playing with Bron Bron, going from Ann Arbor, Michigan to L.A. He played it all, do we know? No, he got injured in the summer league, but it's not that serious. I think he's supposed to be back within a month or two or something. So, so yeah, he's just doing his thing in La La Land. And then um, we lost Abdul, Abdul Rahman. He graduated senior yeah. He lost his eligibility. And we lost Duncan Robinson, who was sort of like our perimeter, just catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter. So we lose three big pieces. However, probably our our leader this year, our go-to guy, Charles Matthews, decided to stay. He did not declare for the draft. There was thoughts that he might. Uh, but he chose to come back for his senior season. So Charles Matthews will probably be our go-to guy this year. It's huge. You know, he'll be the voice in the locker room. And, and uh, he turned it around. The improvement from him last year, from the beginning of the year, you know, through the tournament was incredible. He started the year... I know he wasn't a great ball handler. He wasn't making his shots really. He just didn't fit in with the system. As the season went on, though, you know his ball handling skills, his driving ability, just making shots. He he just got hot at the right time and he turned it on. So very excited of, for him coming back. Um, and then as well, Xavier Simpson, he'll be back. He was a huge part last year. Um, our two freshmen last year coming back probably will be in starting roles this season and Jordan Poole and Isaiah Livers. John Teske, our big guy, 7-1. He played a lot last year, especially when Mo Wagner were getting foul trouble. So he, he seasoned. He played throughout the Big Ten tournament. He had huge games. He played, you know, March Madness. He has a lot of experience. Very comfortable with him just coming in and filling in that role for Wagner. Obviously, not as good of an offensive threat as Mo Wagner is. His handles and everything is shot. He doesn't really have that. However, defensively, a lot better. Bigger dude. Mm -hmm. He can guard the big guys. He's a great rebounder. So it'll be a little different, but... You know, we can make it work. I think Beeline this year will have a small ball lineup, especially with all of the freshmen. Um, 
recruits we have we've had come in this year. So to just before I get into the starting lineup, projected starting lineup, um, I'm going to talk about a few kids that were recruits this year. They're freshmen. So we've we had two two big recruits this off season. I think one of which was a five star. Actually, he was the Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan, uh, Brandon Johns. Uh, he's from East Lansing. Sort of yeah. funny. How'd you pull that one? Off? I don't know. How much did you pay him? I, I don't know. Maybe he wants to be a team that actually wins the Big Ten. Cheap shots. Hey, it's a fact. I'm not talking crap. It's a fact. I know. I know. I know. Spartans got knocked out in the second round of Syracuse last year. So Yeah, that was um, – they've not done – usually they're the team that's like sort of the underdog in the tournament. They just sort of make a run. But past few years, they've not done well in the, in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, Brandon Johns. High recruit, best player in the state of Michigan. He decided he wanted to take his talents to Ann Arbor and not stay in East Lansing, which is awesome to hear from me. Um, forward, 6'8", 225. You can handle the ball. You can shoot. He's sort of like the do-it-all kind of player. Um, so, yeah, he hopefully will turn into a Mo Wagner-type player. This year, I'm not going to put those expectations on him. You know, I do think this is a player that won't be a one-and-done. He'll probably stay for at least two, two, maybe hopefully three years. After that, he'll probably bounce. Uh, we can get him to stay for three years. That's the ideal situation. If he stays for three, that's huge because he's got, he's got a lot of talent. And then another Big recruit. This is more of a system fit, though, compared to, like, just an overall talented player. Um, forward, 6'7", 215 pounds. Ignis Brazdykis. I probably just butchered his name. He's from Ontario. Brazdykis. Huh? Oh. Okay. He's from Canada. This is sort of like a Nick Stauskas player. He's from same area. This kid is just a three-point shooter. He's the the dead eye, the John Beeline system fit of a wing that just shoots threes and hits them. Beeline sure likes to go scout Canada and get players from there. It seems like yeah, just white yeah. kids that shoot threes. He's got a little niche over there. We had like we had Stauskas, and then we had um, Duncan Robinson the past few seasons after yeah. Stauskas left. So now he brings in another white wing that just shoots threes. Um, although this this kid is definitely more talented than Duncan Robinson is. I think, you know, he this kid has potential um, to have good off-the-dribble skills. I think he'll be able to drive a lot better than Duncan was able to. I think this kid will be more closer to Nick Stauskas than Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson was a player that got brought up from D3 basketball that John Beeline just, he found him. Yeah. And he was just like, offer you a scholarship, come play, you can shoot three. So this kid has more talent. Um, I would expect him to be better than Duncan Robinson was. And last year, Duncan Robinson was pretty clutch. So again, Beeline finds a kid that fits into his system 
offensively. Moving on to, I'll just hit one more. We have about five or six freshmen, but I'll, I'll hit one more. Um, this one's a guard. David DeJulius, freshman from Detroit, Michigan. He played at East English Village High School. He's a top 100 recruit in ESPN's, you know, ESPN does the top 100 for basketball. And football, it's top 300. Basketball, since rosters, whatever, it's top 100. Um, number 93 in the top 100 and number five in the state of Michigan. He has a bunch of, you know, first team, class A, first team, 17, 18. So, uh, but Beeline gets arguably probably the guard that will come off the bench this season. Xavier Simpson will start this season. Xavier Simpson is a junior coming into this year. Uh, Xavier Simpson's freshman year was very rough. Last year he improved a lot. Uh, his only issue, though, is he cannot make free throws, and hopefully over the summer he practiced that because as a guard you're expected you're expected to hit all of your free throws, at least 80% or higher. I think his percentage is like 60-something, which is very bad for a point guard. If he can get up to like 75%, yeah. it becomes manageable. So, yeah, another freshman. Um, like I said, he'll probably be coming off the bench for Xavier Simpson, so that gives us some good depth. Uh, we also have – we've got – I'm not going to go into depth with these these guys, but we also added another freshman guard, um, another freshman big man, 6'11". And I think that is it. Yeah. So now going to the projected starting lineup, Michigan had a close scrimmage with the University of Toledo last week. And the starting lineup for that game was point guard, Xavier Simpson, Charles Matthews, forward, Jordan Poole, forward. Um, Ignis Brazdykis, forward. John Teske, center. Apparently, Isaiah Livers has a slight injury. People, he started. He started last year. He didn't really get that much playing time though. Like he started, but Beeline would take him out and bring in Duncan Robinson. So I don't know. This year, we're not sure. Maybe you know, Isaiah Livers could be a starter, but apparently, this Brezdykis kid has been playing very well. Well, if you got Livers coming off the bench, yeah. if you're six man. That's that's pretty that's good. good too. That's good. So apparently, this Brezdykis. Guy it has been playing very, very well um, through camp and everything. So if he's playing well, throw him out there. We'll see. I mean, Michigan, their basketball team usually starts very slow, especially with the kids getting used to Beeline's offense. It takes them one or two months to really get into it and get that chemistry and that flow and everything. Luckily, we do have four returning starters. We only lost. Yeah. Or no, we have three because we did lose Rockman and Wagner. But all, for the most part, a lot of these 
um, guys have played with each other. So I really don't think it'll take that long for them to get chemistry. I mean, slow start can be okay. Michigan State, it's like that too a lot of years. It's just for whatever reason, both the basketball programs start slow. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, I think potentially all the freshmen this year could see a decent amount of playing time. Like I said, Julius will probably come off the bench as the backup point guard. Um, we have Adrian Nunez, another freshman guard. I'm not sure if he'll see a lot of playing time or not. But like I said, you know, Brandon Johns, the highest recruit we had this offseason, he'll probably see a lot of playing time coming off the bench. And um, the other big guy, we got the 6'11 Castle and kid. He'll probably be the backup big man on, behind Teske. So he'll probably also get a lot of playing time. And by the end of the season, those kids should, you know, have everything down pat. So now um, moving on to some big out-of-conference games. Uh, Third game of the year, we're probably going to lose. Rematch of the national championship, we're going to Villanova. Currently Villanova's ninth in the whole country. Villanova lost some players, too. Um, they, they lost their best point guard. Uh, he declared for the draft, obviously. But it's a huge game. We're going there. It is a rematch of the NAS- national championship. Like I said, Michigan starts slow. I would not expect them to win this game. Um, you know, early in the year, we have, over the past few years, we've dropped some games we probably shouldn't have. This one we should lose, but I just don't. Maybe it'll be a good game. I'm not really sure, though. Uh, I would expect us to lose that It should game, be good though. to watch, but non-conference games in basketball don't really matter at right. all. They really it's don't. More entertainment value. Right. And then another big game. I'm assuming it's that time of the year where the Big Ten and the ACC have that matchup weekend or whatever. The yeah, um, we Michigan has North Carolina coming to the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. I think we can win that game, especially Michigan plays a lot better at home, just like the football team. Um, so yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina is ranked eighth, so we have two top ten opponents like the first month of the season. I think we can win that. If we can split those two big games, that'd be awesome. And, um, you know, right after the North Carolina game, we start Big Ten play, sort of. We have two Big Ten games, and then we go back to out-of-conference for a few games. I mean, the way it's looking right now, it's two hard games in a row. Both are home for you, but you got North Carolina and then 24-ranked Purdue. Purdue's a very good basketball school yeah, as well, and that's not going to be an easy game either. But, you know, that's to me, that's also a winnable game. You know, if you can win your home games, that's important to do in basketball. Um, you know, other games on this schedule that, you know, really jump out, nothing too – and Northwestern's been decent few the past few seasons. I don't think they'll be that good this year. 
Uh, Penn State was okay last year. I don't really see them making that much noise. Um, we play Indiana twice. Usually they're a pretty decent basketball school. I'm not really sure how they're going to do this year. They might. There's usually one or two teams in the Big Ten that sort of surprise everyone. So I'm not really necessarily sure who that'll be this year. But, you know, if I had to put money down, probably pick Indiana. Uh, they usually have really good recruiting classes for basketball. They have good coaching. And they just over the years, they've just been a really good basketball school. Wisconsin sort of fell off a little bit. We play at Wisconsin. We have actually a home and away with Wisconsin this year. They're going to be a lot better. They had a lot of freshmen last year. And um, they'll be much improved this year. That's not going to be an easy task either. We do play Ohio State, but we only play them once. But we have them coming up to Ann Arbor. That's a big game. It's not as big as the football rivalry, but it's still Michigan-Ohio State. So that's that's always a good time. Yeah, I wish the Big Ten could find a way to fix that because it's like every couple years, you know, it's like either Ohio's only Ohio State's only one matchup or Michigan State's only one matchup. Like, I wish there was a way every year. You know, they both play like last year. Last year, Michigan and Michigan State only had one game, and it was at it was at Breslin. Yeah. Although this year, and then you know. Two games against MSU at the end of the season, home and away. Those will be two huge games. Beeline's had Izzo's number, though, as of late. So I would expect those two games to be good. I wouldn't be surprised if those are split. Um, Obviously, I'd want us to beat them twice, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Although you've had our number lately. We've had your number, and you guys lost arguably your two best players. You know, I know Michigan State reloads as well, but I don't know. I don't know. Izzo, Izzo hasn't – I mean, we can just say it. Izzo has underperformed the past two seasons. Like, oh, hugely. hugely. Yeah, they, losing Bridges and uh, – Jackson. Jaron Jackson. That, that is a big chunk of talent lost. But with them on the team, I mean, they, they didn't. The team did not perform. So right, maybe getting away from that one and done talent, getting Michigan State back to you know recruiting and developing players might help them out. Um, so I guess this is a great transition. That sort of wraps up Michigan's outlook for the year. No, I would expect them. They'll be competing in the Big Ten tournament. They do every year. Not, I'm not going to project seeds right now because you know we have no idea. But I, I would at least probably guarantee, barring injury, Michigan will finish in the top four in the Big Ten standings. Probably, I would say. Oh yeah, if if they don't finish in the top four, it's, it's disappointing. A huge disappointment. Yeah. So, yeah, so now we'll transition over to Michigan State, and Michael will sort of tell you about their players. Um, and yeah, we'll sort of do the same thing for them as we did for uh, Michigan. Uh, well, so, yeah. Coming in, they're losing Bridges and Jackson. That's a huge loss. You know, Jaron Jackson, 6'11", 
averaged almost 11 points a game. And then Bridges was, you know, averaging 17 points a game. So that's a huge production loss. But the, as always, you know, Michigan State still has a lot of talent. You know, starting point guard should be Cassius Winston. Junior last year, he averaged 12-6, almost seven assists a game. So he can move the ball around. Uh, shooting guard should be senior Matt McQuaid. Um, you know, he only averaged six points last year. He's kind of got a kind of got like a bulldog mentality to him. You know, he's not afraid to play a little rougher style, I guess you could say. Um, player I'm looking forward to take a uh, good step this year. Junior Josh Langford. Um, 6'5", he averaged 11.7 last year. I think he's, he's going to see the ball a lot more now that he doesn't have Bridges and Jackson. So you should see him probably be a focal point on the offense. Small forward, you got... Uh, yes, this is still kind of open. Um, I've heard Redshirt Senior Kenny Goins. It's... It's probably going to be a revolving door all year. Um, power forward, you got Nick Ward, junior. Average 12 last year. Um, to me, he'll probably be your best player. Yeah, the question with him, though, is was he good because focus was taken off of him? because of Bridges right. and Jackson, or is he good and will be better now right. that they're not there? Um, He's sort of that Draymond Green type player. Yes. He's not huge, yes. but he like is sort of like a workhorse type yep. player. Yeah, I mean, He scraps underneath the basket and everything, does all the dirty work. Yeah, he, seven rebounds last year he averaged, so... Michigan State type power forward center player. Um, you know the reserves. You got Xavier Tillman, sophomore. You know he didn't play much. Only averaged two point eight. Um, he's got size though. He's six eight. Good footwork, they say. Should be real good at rebounding. Well, with more playing time, his stats will definitely improve. Then, um, you know, you got some newcomers coming in. You got a kind of a tweener here. Power forward, small forward, Marcus Bingham, freshman. Um, he will probably get some serious playing time. Maybe not right away, but as the season progresses. Uh, he's kind of being compared to Jaron Jackson, just not as polished. He's got a lot of work to do, um, but good outside shooting and shot blocking. So it'll be good to see him progress through the year. 
Point guard coming off the bats, uh, bench, Foster Loiner. He can hit three pointers and he makes free throws. Everything else needs some work. You know, he's going to have to bulk up. So he's a, he's a work in progress. He's, he's one that's going to be with the program for a few years and watch him grow. You know, don't don't judge him right away. Right. Um, yeah, another guard slash forward, six six. Um, Aaron Henry, freshman. He's that Michigan State kind of just scrappy, hard work ethic player. Shoots a little bit, can drive a little bit. He's not really great at anything, but he's just hard nose. Gonna work hard. Yeah, Gabe Brown, freshman, six seven from Belleville. <laughs> That's cause to hear. <laughs> uh, he shoots left-handed. Um, he's expected to be a a good slasher. He's gonna cut to the rim from the perimeter. Which is something that kind of lacked last year. We'll see how he does freshman again. We got uh, another freshman, power forward, Thomas Kither. Kither? I can't pronounce his name. Um, 6'8. So Michigan State's got. A lot of their freshmen got some size. You're looking at six six, six eight. There's, they got some good size to them this year, but a lot of young players. You don't know how they're gonna. Right, could be good. Up. It could be bad. Yeah, it. It can be fun to watch. They'll okay. Well, they'll definitely have growing pains, but backing off of that. It could either be good or bad. Like, they'll either improve, take it and run with it, play as a team, get better, or it'll be a complete cluster F. Yeah. But the bench being that young, too, is okay because their starters have so much experience. You know, Winston's a junior. Quaid's a senior. Langford's a junior. Nick Ward's a junior. So there's a lot of veteran leadership there that can help those young guys in game situations and in practices on you know how to do it like the Spartan way. Um I'm excited. I think they're gonna there's potential there to have a better overall team than last year. Obviously not as talented, yeah. but as a team, yeah, it should be better. Getting back to the Izzo way, you know, they can hopefully have a good season and actually make a run come March. So looking at some of these games right now, looking at their schedule, they got some toughies too. Um, first game of the year. First game of the year, they're playing the number one ranked team in the country, Kansas. Now, it says verse. 
but I'm not sure if they're playing on a neutral court. It is. It's actually in Indy. Baker Life Fieldhouse is where that game's being played. Okay. So. so that should be a great game. You know, Michigan State usually always plays a really, like, a top-ranked opponent to start the year, like, every year. Yeah. I think last year they played Duke. They yeah, lost. And it, Izzo usually makes his non-conference schedule difficult to get the players ready. Um, and then, you know, they had a few cupcakes after that. Then they got another home game against UCLA, who is ranked. Yeah. UCLA has sort of been good-ish. Last year, they weren't as good as the year before when they had Lonzo. But they're ranked again this year. So that means that they're at least going to be decently good. So, um, you know, that's not an easy game by any means. And then, honestly, the game after that at Louisville, Louisville is a perennial March Madness team. They always get in. Basketball school. They're going back their second game of the year against Florida Gulf Coast. That is kind of becoming a basketball school. They've they've made the the big dance a few years. They – it's not a powerhouse school, but they it's not it's not a game that they want to overlook, especially being the second game of the year. Right. Then you go to Rutgers, Iowa. At Florida. Florida usually has a decent basketball team. Yeah. At Florida, that could be, you know, a lot closer than one might think. Yeah, when you're taking college kids, you're traveling down to Florida, you know, it's some distractions in, there. In December. So it'll yeah. be nice that it's warm out. Um, uh, and then you come home and you play Green Bay. And not then the Packers. Not, yeah, it should be one. And then you play Oakland, which Oakland usually has a pretty good basketball team too. The Golden Grizzlies. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's a good little basketball program they got there. Thinking about buying the Palace. Yeah. That's I'd be for that. That'd be cool. I'll keep the palace open. Basketball programs could play there. Um, it'd just be nice, you know, that they could run it as a concert venue. You know, they run Meadowbrook. You know, the, the university owns that. So they have experience in running a concert venue too. So it would make the palace still kind of what it is. Good concert venue. Go see some basketball. Want to be a hockey team? They can put ice on there. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a little off topic, but yeah, that's all right because they play Oakland. So then, uh, moving down the schedule a little bit, you have a, a three game block here that I think is very, very, very actually four games. Actually, okay, you have a pretty tough block right here. Probably like seven or eight games. Actually, now that I'm looking at this, yeah. Uh, start of January, right after Christmas, um, at Ohio State, home against Purdue, at Penn State, who last year was actually a pretty good basketball team, at Nebraska, who, according to some reports I've read, is the dark horse to win the Big Ten this year. Apparently, Nebraska is supposed to have a really good team. Last year, they finished fourth in the Big Ten. Um they're supposedly supposed to be a lot better this year. That's tough. 
Then you play Maryland, who is also a very good basketball school. It's one of the reasons why they wanted to add Maryland to the Big Ten is for yeah. basketball purposes. And then at Iowa, that's sort of a, it's a light little break game in there. And then you got at Purdue and Indiana, those two games following that. So that's a tough block right there. You play Purdue twice, Ohio State and Indiana with – a potentially very good Nebraska team and a Penn State team that's not a cupcake. Yeah, that, that block games, that's where you're hoping early in the year. You got all them freshmen, a good amount of playing time, and hopefully they're kind of developing by this point because you're going to need them come this block of games. You guys do have a hard schedule, actually. And then you get after that Indiana game, then you have, you know, at Illinois, you should win that. Versus Minnesota, you should probably win that. At Wisconsin could be tough. They're supposed to be a little better this year, too. And then to close out the season, it's like another bear. You play Ohio State again, at least you're home this time. Then you get a break with the Rutgers at Michigan, at Indiana. Nebraska again, and then Michigan again. Yeah. That's a tough schedule. That's way tougher than Michigan's schedule, honestly. The big t- like they play Ohio State twice, Nebraska twice, Michigan twice, Ohio State twice. That is and Purdue twice. You guys have a tough schedule. If you guys can like if you guys can finish top four in the Big Ten, that's a win. Because that is not easy at all. Yeah, that's that's insane. I'm I'm not looking that it's gonna be rough, but especially with Michigan, like you play Michigan twice, the two Michigan games at the end of the year within like two weeks of each other. Boom, boom. That could yeah. determine – that could have a huge seeding. So, yeah, um, looking at – I'm on a site called Team Rankings. Looked up strength of schedule for the year. Right now they're saying Michigan State has the fourth hardest schedule in college basketball. That's insane. Duke has the hardest. Arizona, second hardest. Wichita State. Third. Let me see if I can find Michigan. The Tom Izzo definitely has his hands full. Yeah. Michigan, you know, is the 35th hardest schedule, which you consider all the teams in basketball. That's, that's if it's a, top yeah. 50, it's tough. Yeah. So. But yeah, man, Michigan, that's a tough schedule. Oh, I, I can't wait, though, man. Like, I love watching college basketball, too. I watch it. Even during the season, like maybe not before Christmas, I don't really watch it as religiously, but once January comes around and like football's over, I will watch Michigan State and Michigan religiously during the basketball season. Like I, I do. I'll, yeah. If, if it's on, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try to watch it because usually there's nothing else on. And once I don't. college football is done, I jump into basketball. Um, I love college basketball, though. I I watch a college basketball game over any pro game any day. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just something about the 
you know, the arenas have so much more life to them. You know, you got the students right there, courtside, going crazy. They, they pl- and the players seem to play harder. Right. So yeah, it should be a um, interesting year. Okay, so I guess to end it, just for shits and giggles, we're not gonna talk about the Big Ten tournament. We're not gonna talk about the NCAA tournament. Uh, conference standings before the Big Ten tournament starts. Where do you think Michigan State will finish? Where do I think they'll finish in the Big Ten? I guess, okay, where do you want? I mean, obviously you want them to finish first. But yeah, like, I want them to finish first. Uh, You know, Michigan's going to be right there. Purdue's ranked. They got to be top three. That's a win for Michigan State if they're top three. That would be – two would be a win. Three, I will accept. Worse than three, no. You know, because you you are going into the season. You are a top ten ranked team. So – and like I, I said, be up there. like I said for Michigan, if they're top four, I'll take that. Any like, you know, they can finish second or third. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't expect them to finish first because usually in the Big Ten standings, like season during the season, they never really finish first. Tournament though, they usually do some work in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, for season standings, though, like they usually, I don't, they might have only finished first once during Beeline's tenure. Um, but yeah, like I said, if they can finish top four, that's a win because that's a good placement for the uh, Big Ten tournament seedings because you get that double buy. Yeah. Um, if you're top four in the conference. So. We shall see how the season plays out for both of them. You know, in the future, we'll definitely keep everyone updated on both the teams. Once, you know, college football is over, you know, we might even sort of take over the same kind of format with Michigan and Michigan State's basketball team, especially since they'll be playing more than one game a week. So we'll we'll definitely keep everyone updated on how their season's going and everything uh, once they uh, – Get their seasons kicked off. So I think that's it. Uh, We covered everything we wanted to cover, and uh, that'll wrap up this episode. Once again, we want to thank everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget, you can listen to any of our episodes on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you might listen to a podcast. Don't forget, as always, to check out the Facebook page, Morning Leftover Sports Podcast. We keep that updated, you know, almost daily, honestly. So um, thank you once again, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, and Election Day is coming up pretty soon, so make sure you get out and vote on Election Day. Bye-bye.